this is Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take today to be an effective nonprofit leader? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles that nonprofit leaders face today? Particularly in Park City, what does it take to be a leader in a community where there's over 80 nonprofits? How do we, as nonprofit leaders, effectively fundraise in an economy that's not necessarily solid? All those reasons combined have led me to start this podcast so that we as a nonprofit community and as a larger community can learn from each other as to the insights and wisdom that each one of these leaders that we interview can share. Everything from how to be a better fundraiser, how to be a better vision caster, how to become a better recruiter. So enjoy these podcasts as we ask them very specific questions from their own community as to how they're making their world better. Today, we're interviewing Katie Wright, who is now the newly inducted executive director of the Park City Foundation. In today's podcast, you'll hear her talk about how she rose through the ranks. She came in initially as a program manager, and then she's moved up now to being the director of the entire foundation. Another thing I think you'll find very interesting is the role of a community foundation in a particular community. In this case, it's Park City, but I think it's very interesting to find out what the community foundation provides for the community and for the local nonprofits. Some things that I didn't even think about until Katie brought them up. So enjoy today's podcast. Good. Welcome, everybody, in podcast land. We have Katie Wright, the newly inducted executive director of the Park City Community Foundation. Welcome, Katie, to the studio. Thank you, Rob. So good to have you today. And uh, yesterday was a special day where she was uh, publicly announced with all the different nonprofit leaders in Park City. But we want to get to know a little bit about Katie herself. So, Katie, talk to us about, you know, where did you come from, first of all? Where did you grow up? And then what got you to Park City? Um, so I grew up outside of Philadelphia in a suburb there and went to college in Colorado and then came here directly after that. I am like many people here. I love skiing. I love powder skiing. And so I really wanted to live in a ski town and um, make as many turns as possible. And then over time came to just really love the community and want to settle down here. And when did you come then? What year? So I first came in 2002 when I graduated college, and then I was back and forth quite a bit. I went to graduate school, I lived abroad, you know, I had kind of one foot here and then one foot everywhere else in the world. And then I came back permanently in 2007 at the end of the year. Got it. And then, so you were here 2007. Did you jump right into the Community Foundation? or I, I did. Mm -hmm. I was applying for the job. I was a Peace Corps volunteer prior to that in Morocco. And so I Morocco. in Morocco and I, I applied for the job at the Park City Community Foundation while I was there finishing up my service. I moved back in December and I started the job February 1st. So right away, pretty much. Right away. Yeah. And has Park City lived up to what you hoped it would be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love it here and now I have a family and so I've gone kind of full circle. And yeah, you came as a single person. I did. Got married, and now you have a baby. Yep. Yes. Yeah. There were some some things in between there too, but yeah, yes, sure. Absolutely. So I Excellent. have really wonderful friends here. Very supportive community. I have felt like it's a place where people embrace a young person and and really nurture their profession and lots of mentors. People are always willing to go get a cup of coffee and talk about whatever idea or challenge um, I have professionally, personally, anything, and. In all of that, I get to spend a lot of time outdoors, um, which I love, winter or summer, and I think that's just the perfect way to stay balanced. So, so it's really been a good fit for you yeah, in Park City. I love it here. <laughs> Excellent. Period. So, good. Yeah. All right. So then you came right to the Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. Initially, your role was what? 
So I was the programs manager. I was the second hire after the executive director, um, our founding executive director, Trisha Worthington. She hired me about six months after she started. And the very first thing I did was um, build a nonprofit directory. So I looked up every single nonprofit executive director and took them all to coffee and asked their thoughts on what are the challenges of the nonprofit community, what are the needs, how could a community foundation serve them, and that's where I started building our programming. Um, I also had the great fun of giving out our first round of community fund grants, which was seven years ago, and we had $100,000 to give, and so I helped set up the grant program process with our board members. Um, so I, I really just felt, and I still do, how lucky am I? I get to work with nonprofit professionals and I get to help them um, give them money. <laughs> so That's I a thought, pretty good gift. Yeah, it's really, really great. And so um, from there, our programming has expanded and it's all been very fun. So yeah, for those who maybe are not familiar with the Community Foundation, mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that. And uh, as you do, it, it's really interesting. There's always this question now, how many exact nonprofits mm -hmm. are in Park City, right? I've heard anything above 80 yeah. to up to like over a hundred something. Right. So yeah, you would know. So talk about, yeah, you're rolling that and then yeah. How many sure. nonprofits are in Park City? Yeah, so I always say 85. Okay, 85. Um, and, and that's not a hard number. It really depends on how you define them. So you can have a really big umbrella where you say any nonprofit entity that has any sort of programming in Summit County. That's a really big umbrella. Yeah. That may include private foundations, that can include trade organizations, membership organizations. But when you think about nonprofits that have active, ongoing programming here in Park City, are fundraising regularly, I think that number is more 85 and probably 60 really strong ones. Okay. Um, and then you asked about community foundations. Yeah, so, tell us about yeah, how that works yeah. and how do you get funded? Mm -hmm. So Park City Community Foundation is one of over 700 community foundations nationwide. And I actually, before I did my graduate studies at Rutgers University in New Jersey, I had an internship at the Chester County Community Foundation um, where I grew up. And so the idea of all community foundations is they're place focused, in our case, um, Summit County, Greater Park City area. And their, their mission is really to nurture philanthropy. So that means um, providing services to donors and people who want to run scholarship funds, memorial funds, you know, all different types of funds, and then also providing services to nonprofits. So usually it's grant making, a lot of fund management. We hold and manage donor advised funds. Um, we manage nonprofits um, endowment funds. We run a giving day event. Um, anything that contributes to the nonprofit community and makes Park City a, a better, more vibrant place for everyone to live in is sort of under our, our umbrella. And it started in 2007, is that correct? Yeah, so it started in 2007. We actually were the first community foundation in the state of Utah. Wow, okay. Utah was by far the last state to have community foundations. This year, um, the Cleveland Foundation, which is the oldest, is celebrating its 100th birthday. So the wow. concept is old mm -hmm. um, and, and very well-founded. Um, but we were the first one here. It was initially the idea of Brad Olch, our former mayor. Mm -hmm. He went every year with Miles Raderman on city tour where they'd go and visit other communities to take back best practices. And every time he would meet the executive director of the Community Foundation, whether it's Telluride or Steamboat or Denver or wherever. And so he really thought, you know, we need to get this started here. And so he and a few other volunteers had the idea, nurtured it, and it really came into fruition when the Cumming family 
um, owner, owners of Parksy Mountain Resort and Powder Corporation um, pledged a one million five year um, grant to cover administration. They got it off the costs. ground. Got it. Yes, mm -hmm. and so they were able to hire the first executive director, and and because we're stewarding donors' funds as much as we like to be scrappy and grassroots, there are some um, checks and balances and fiscal oversight stewardship roles that we have that really require um, some infrastructure. Right. So that, that grant was very critical to getting up uh, off the ground. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And how's it grown since you've been here? It's 2014 now, so seven years old. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the growth, maybe some of the growth challenges and yeah. um, obstacles you've faced. Yeah, so we have um, $7 million under in, in assets, and those take lots of different forms. Um, we have some, of course, financial reserves for our own operating. Some of those assets are endowment funds. Some of them are philanthropic funds that we hold for businesses, and we basically provide their back office to their grant making. Got it, right. Lots of families have funds with us. Um, that is a portion of that. Like I said, um, nonprofits have endowment funds mm -hmm. with us. And so that's our total asset base, and it's varied and invested and used in different ways, but all for philanthropy earmarked for the community. Um, that's one way to measure growth. Another way that I like to look at our growth is that we've invested about $5 million back into the community, again, through different programs. So grants are obvious. Mm -hmm. We have unrestricted funds that we grant out. Also, all of those family and business funds are making grants into the community. That's about a half a million dollars a year. Wow. So five million again, that's mm -hmm. every year or that's, no, that's so total, far. So total. Okay. And that includes, you know, that's funds good, that we facilitate. So for instance, um, Live PC Give PC, which is our community day of giving in three years have has raised $1.7 million for local nonprofits. That's fabulous. And, and then we run other programming, um, nonprofit education. We did a climate change campaign. So our total investment have, has been about $5 million. That's fabulous. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about Live PC, Give PC yeah. in a bit. So yeah, so talk about, I know there's, a, again, people in Park City have heard of some of these key funds. Mm -hmm. um, one of the latest one is this, the Women's Giving mm -hmm. Fund. I know that's you've done a very good job. Um, you had to raise a lot of money yeah. and a lot of commitment. So talk about that a little bit because I think there's yeah. a lot of interest in that fund. So that is really fun. Um, what we did was, so one thing that the foundation does and the community always answers is that we set really big goals and we always get very nervous about them and then the community completely exceeds our expectations so that's a, a wonderful part about this job and so we set a goal to raise a million dollar endowment that will forever serve women and children here in Summit County Utah um, so it's specific to people women and children right here right here. locally and then we said okay how are we gonna do that and the idea was to ask a thousand people to make a one-time a thousand dollar gift um, sometimes it was a, a, a woman, um, you know, paying $84 a month for 12 months to make that one-time gift. And wow. sometimes we had a woman or a man um, maybe give us $5,000 and name five women and girls. And so we now have a thousand, over a thousand, it's actually closer to 1,200 members who every year will um, vote on a grant, a high impact grant that will go to a nonprofit in our community that mm -hmm. serves women and children. Um, Excellent. And it's an endowment. So that a million dollars is invested and every year we'll just take the earnings and grant it out. So these funds will be here forever 
for Summit County women mm-hmm. and children. So 500 years from now. In perpetuity, right. In perpetuity. I don't mm-hmm. know what our problems or challenges will be then, mm-hmm. um, but there'll be a group of grant uh, leaders who serve as the grants committee and, and make that decision. Great vision on that. Was that something the board kind of dreamed up? Was it something you and Trish dreamed up? Or was it something that emerged from the community? Yeah, so good question. Um, well, first of all, there's so many different types of women's giving funds all across the country. And so many people had said to us, you guys should really do it. But we were looking for the right model. And then Christy Cumming, again, the Cumming family, um, had talked to a friend in the Tahoe area. And they did a very similar campaign called the Queen of Hearts. And so she brought that idea to us. And we said, a building an endowment makes a lot of sense to us. So that's where we got the idea. And that's a great thing about community foundations. They're all over the country. They're all doing innovative programs, and we love to steal, borrow from each other. And so we've done that many times. Give, Live PC, Give PC is another example. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard that. It came from Minnesota, is that Minnesota, correct originally? yeah, is kind okay. of the granddaddy of giving days. They raised statewide about $17 million Seventeen million. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. They have four thousand nonprofits that participate. We have sixty. So the okay, scale, there's a little difference. Yeah, <laughs> the scale is a little different, but um, right. wow. ours really has a hometown feel, mm-hmm. which I enjoy, and I think is different from from theirs. Yeah. All right. So back to you a little bit. So mm-hmm. you moved into this role as program manager, mm-hmm. and then you've obviously moved up. Now you're newly the director. Yeah. So talk about the little bit in terms of like the skill set you've been able to employ and what you've learned on the job. And yeah. now that you even move into the director's position, uh, what do you feel like you're, we're going to be some of your biggest challenges? Okay. That's a lot of questions. I know. Sorry. So let's start but, with this. Yeah. What yeah. have you learned as uh, before you moved into this role? Well, so I have a master's in public administration with a focus on nonprofit management. So that has been very helpful in thinking of um, working in nonprofits as a, a, a sector in and of itself with different challenges and um, resources and different than maybe the business sector or even the government sector. So that's sort of my framework that I always start from. Um, and I learned a lot on the on the job. Um, first of all, Trisha Worthington was a wonderful, wonderful person to work for, and will continue to be a mentor to me. I hope you know throughout my life. Um, and she really taught me how to look um, at all the people around you mm-hmm. and their skills, experience, and perspective, and and use that as a resource and engage. Um, them in in the shared mission of the foundation and so so she was very instrumental in some of that leadership growth for you yeah so one thing that I feel so fortunate is we have an incredible board of directors and each of them comes with a really different skill set and perspective and so it's nice to be in a sector that when you bump up against something you're not just like a maybe a small business owner where do you go for us you go to your board and your board has so many resources and, and ideas and perspective and they've served on other nonprofit boards and you know that that constant exchange of ideas creates a really wonderful dynamic. And in my programs role, I did the same thing but with other nonprofits. Got it. Right. So I got to visit every and I still do, every nonprofit in the community and learn what is what are their strategy? What are they working hard on? What where are they bumping up against walls? And and that sharing of information is interesting and fun and also a great resource. Yeah, because I know you've been here to the Christian Center and it's been yeah. great to have you here on a regular basis. And so yeah, I've fun. seen you in action. So it's <laughs> yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's well, okay, well, now you're going into the director's position. Mm-hmm. So uh, number one, what do you think served you well into mm-hmm. getting to that position? Mm-hmm. And then what are going to be the biggest challenges you see? Uh, what has been a month into the job now? Is it yeah. not even a month? Roughly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Congratulations, by the way. We'll make you. it official. So Thank well done. You. I appreciate it. 
So I think like any nonprofit, um, our challenges are similar of funds, you know, shortage of funds and shortage of time. Um, I think that both of those are addressed by really partnering and working with others. So whether or not it's a board member or um, for LibPC, GibPC, for example, we'll have a, a committee of citizens that work with us for eight concentrated weeks. These are volunteers, not paid. Volunteers, and they're yep. from all over the community, and they each bring such an interesting perspective and group of friends and you know everything to the table. And so instead of just working solo, you know, you employ this committee, they go out and talk to their networks and their great, fresh, new, fun ideas. And so I think that's that's what every nonprofit does, right? You work with your own staff, but also volunteers and also your board members to have that multiplier effect. So I think the greatest challenge is also sort of the crux of, of this work, which is how do you engage others in your mission? Mm-hmm. Um, challenges. So one um, thing that I think in particular that the Community Foundation might struggle with is that we have very specific programs. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned to the Women's Giving Fund right. and Live PC, Give PC, mm-hmm. that sometimes people um, are huge fans of, but have no idea that they're actually programs of the Park City Community Foundation. There's not a connection between yeah, them. Okay. Yeah, so they're huge fans of Live PC, Give yeah, PC, and they, they have the, cal- the date, November 7th, on their calendar, mm-hmm. and um, they're ready to go for it, but they haven't made the connection that all this is made possible by the Community Foundation. Right. And because we're not doing something that's so obvious and direct, like a food pantry or um, spaying, neutering dogs, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for us to tell the story of how we add value. And so making that connection, I think, is an ongoing challenge that we have and every community foundation has. Yeah, I could see that. And you're right, because it's not as tangible, perhaps, you know, on Mm -hmm. the initial surface. So how do you, when you come to, uh, when it comes to fundraising, what are the key things that you do to get people excited about what you do? Is you just kind of talk about all the results and all the nonprofits, what they're doing in general, or how do you kind of spell that out with people? Yeah, I think um, in the ideal situation, for me, it's really getting to know what, what is the interest of the donor. And what, um, in the terms of philanthropy or community, what gets them the most excited? And usually there's a match within the foundation. Um, so if someone's interested in engaging their children, for instance, they want to make sure that their um, children grow up with the same values that they do, um, Donor Advised Fund is a really good tool for family philanthropy. Um, so then maybe that's what we talk about. Or they, um, you know, they, I, I don't know, they, they um, Love, live, PC, give, PC. So they're interested in technology and how to how does new ways of giving or new ways of reaching new audiences. Maybe that's what excites them. And so, live, PC, give, PC is a good match. Mm-hmm. So, it so really, you match it to their interest. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that part. And and sometimes you know we might not be the perfect match. And but usually I know exactly who in the community is doing the work that that donor is most interested in. And so a lot of our role is facilitating. Um, meeting someone's needs and then helping them find the nonprofit that's doing that great work. Well, and that's a good point because I'll play devil's advocate for Mm -hmm. a little bit. So say someone who's uninformed, Mm -hmm. doesn't know what a community foundation is all about. Um, they may have the argument, well, why don't I just do the homework and figure out which mm-hmm. nonprofit I want to give to? Is there a need for a community foundation? Mm-hmm. Or maybe to the next level, does it take away or compete with mm-hmm. the actual nonprofits themselves in the community? What yeah. would you say to someone like that? Yeah. It's a little so, more on the skeptical side. Yeah, I mean, good question. So I think there's two answers to why people need a community foundation. One, it's very hard to do that research. 
and you can pull up GuideStar or Charity Navigator, but there's a lot of critics out there on how do they truly evaluate nonprofits. So one thing that we do is we do site visits. Mm -hmm. um, we go and spend every year an hour with a nonprofit. That's in addition to reading newsletters, you know, running mm -hmm. into them, going to events, you know. But, a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But this one hour, and we say, what are your strategies for the next three years? And and what that's one of the greatest joys in this job is that when nonprofits are on um, the radio or in the newspaper, they're usually talking about one specific event or, or issue. Mm -hmm. They don't get to talk about the long-range work, the behind-the-scenes, the, the not-so-sexy governance, fundraising issues. But most nonprofits are very strategic and working really hard towards making um, sustain, you know, improving their sustainability, improving their reach and their programming. Mm -hmm. And when you visit year after year after year, you just create this depth of knowledge that it would be very hard for someone on their own to do. So I think that's one thing that we're, we're a knowledge source, and that's what we are to so many donors. The second thing is this eye of perpetuity and the idea of. Um, making sure that every donor dollar is as well spent as possible. So there's a lot of vehicles for giving um, that accountants, financial managers, and um, you know, tax attorneys all can help you with. Mm -hmm. and, and often it makes sense to work with a community foundation, even if your end um, donation is going to the Christian Center, it might make sense to work with the community foundation to set up a endowment or a designated fund. Makes or, sense. Mm -hmm. and, and make sure that you're using your own um, personal income the best way possible because you can save on tax dollars and actually end up giving more to nonprofits if you're doing it in a most savvy way. So, and that's what you provide. Again, mm -hmm. you provide those uh, the little insights that maybe most mm -hmm. people don't have. Yeah. An uninformed investor maybe and, don't know. And the don't vehicles know. and the structure to make that, mm -hmm. that possible and then pass it down to your kids. And that's right. so, so important to so many people. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, but wait, yeah. you asked another question there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. are we competing for dollars? Yeah. What if people say, well, this is a competition thing and there's only yeah. a few dollars to go around anyway, so why are you getting a, per, a percentage of that pie, if you will? Yeah. So, I, um, I am a full, you know, I work as a nonprofit professional, so I'm a, a positive idealist type person. Glasses half full, always for me. So, I don't think that the, the um, donor dollars are a finite pie. I think that there are plenty of people out there who want to engage with philanthropy mm -hmm. and need to be introduced. Um, and Live PC, Give PC has completely resulted in that. We have people who tell us specifically, you know, I think about giving, but because you've set aside this day, I make sure that I do. It um, really motivated them, pushed them over the edge then yeah, to really do it. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people who don't think of themselves as philanthropists, but they can give $25 a year to a handful of organizations, and that makes a difference. And then maybe 10 years from now, they can give more. So I would say that the foundation has made it its um, purpose to expand who's participating in philanthropy. And that can be first-time donors, but it can also be part-time residents who maybe don't know that we have needs here and we're introducing them to the, those needs. So, And certainly I, the data from LiftPC, GiftPC really backs up your point because each year has gone up and the number yeah. of donors and the new donors are just continues to climb. Absolutely. And sometimes we will get comments and I love it because people care so much about nonprofits that they're very protective over them. And they'll say, you shouldn't let this nonprofit participate because it might be taking dollars. And the actual, the, the opposite is true. The more nonprofits that participate, the more donors that come to the table. And we know that most people 
make two donations on average when they come. So Interesting. they might come okay. because they know the Christian Center, mm-hmm. but then they're introduced to another cause. Got it. Or maybe they come because they're interested in another cause, and then they learn about the Christian Center. Right, in the process. So it, mm-hmm. it just shows that when we all work together, we're, we're expanding mm-hmm. donor dollars. We're not um, competing for finite. Love that. Well, that that's an important <laughs> message. Yeah, no, and I like, because I share that abundance mentality, I think mm-hmm. someone has much said. And also the idea of collaboration is such a critical thing. And as a nonprofit leader, I've seen that in Park City. I've seen a lot of collaboration, more than normal. Uh, I don't know, you know, based in communities I've come from, I think this is kind of a unique place in that way. Sounds like you've seen the same. Well, let's <coughs> shift to that a little bit. So talk about uh, an emerging high schooler who's thinking about um, yeah. going into the nonprofit field. What would you recommend, number one, to prepare that person for this role, say as a director of a nonprofit community foundation, what would you recommend them to do right now in high school? Um, Read and write a lot. (coughs) I'm a big believer that um, communication skills are so critical and nonprofit work is really a a people business. Um, I think, and I think this is a good thing, that the, the sector is moving towards more quantitative and qualitative analysis and, and numbers, which is also very critical. But at the end of the day, if you can't communicate on a one-to-one level or even with a group of people, um, I think it's a hard field to be in. So, so very really, people-orientated, mm-hmm. work on your relational intelligence, things yes. like that. and reading and writing. <laughs> and reading and writing, <laughs> I, I, some I, basics. I know. I think, I think writing skills are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of probably in any any career. So that's one thing I would say to focus on. And another thing that I think um, prevents people from entering this sector is feel a fear of fundraising. Yeah. Um, and people just think, I don't want to ask for money. Um, but I think that there's other ways to think about fundraising that really change the um, dynamic of what you're doing. Yeah, so how do you do it? What yes. goes through your mind? Yeah, so what goes through my mind, and I've learned this over time, is that when someone is giving their time or their money out of, out of choice, it's one of the things that they're most proud of in their life. So if you ask them, what are they proud of? You know, their children, maybe the, you know, their career, but their philanthropic endeavor, endeavors are really important. It, it really is their self, selfless part of their whole life. And so when you're facilitating that and helping them um, make change in whatever realm it is, in their community, whatever, you're the facilitator it is a really awesome thing to be a part of. So, so you're really helping them give to what they kind of want to give anyway, but you're just facilitating that process. You're facilitating that, and, and you're, that's something that they're most proud of. When they walk out your door having done that, they feel really good, and that's what they want their kids to remember about them. And, and so it's not this, um, it, I feel like it's always put in this ugly term of like asking for money. Right, right, sure. But really, you're, like you're, you're the coolest part of that person's day is the work that they're doing with you. And I think being a part of that is really fulfilling. So people are scared of Great fundraising, but I think that we need to think about fundraising in a different way. I really like your perspective. I think it's great. Okay, here's another thing I know I've heard. Uh, I don't want to go to the nonprofit world because I, mean, I won't make as much. So how would you speak to someone who is <laughs> yeah. feeling like, I could make more money in the for-profit yeah. world, so what's the payoff? Yeah, well, first of all, I think that we should pay nonprofit professionals well. And I think we need to be unapologetic about them. We are asking people, again, in the case of the Christian Center, right? You're, you're feeding hungry people. 
that is a hard thing to do. It's one of, I would say, the most important problems in any community, hunger. And yet we want you to do it for nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want people to solve the most critical problems a community or nation or a, a world faces, but we don't want to pay them to do it. I think that's silly. Um, so I'd like to see the status of nonprofit professionals elevated. Obviously, I'm, I'm biased in this. but Every nonprofit leader would just applaud <laughs> you right now, so we appreciate but that. I think it's important, and it, and it, and it leads to long-term um, better programming, more fundraising, more sustainability for nonprofit organizations if they can maintain quality staff. So I think that's important. But most likely, well you're not going to make as much money. So that that is the reality. So that is the reality you have to yeah. face. Okay. Um, but I also think, you know, there's all these studies that after after some threshold, it doesn't really matter if you make more money for your happiness. And I don't know if that's totally true, but um, it does help that when you go into work every day, you feel really good about what you're doing. And when you hit challenges, um, you're inspired to push through them because you believe in the end result. So I think that feel-good part of, of the lifestyle is really important. Maybe another thing that people don't talk about is that you get to meet really interesting people and board members of nonprofit organizations are usually leaders in their field. So you end mm -hmm. up making incredible connections with people who have had um, fascinating experiences and and that you may not, not otherwise interact with, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. If you're kind of middle management in some big corporation, you might never get to meet those mm -hmm. interesting players. So I think that's a side benefit as well that I really enjoy. Well, and I appreciate you saying that. I think for you then personally, what keeps you in the game? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you excited? If it isn't, you know, maybe you could get paid more in a for-profit <laughs> job. But yeah, for you personally, what, what, what keeps you up uh, at night maybe? What wakes you up in the morning where you get excited to do your job? Yeah, um, so a lot of there's so many aspects. So at, at last year at the end of Live PC Give PC, there was a hashtag going around that said um, "proud to." It was just hashtag proud. I think that's what it was on some Live PC Give PC Fun. in okay. social uh -huh. media. And I thought, wow, if you know, my work is making people feel so proud of the community that they're a part of and the nonprofit community that they're a part of that they feel like compelled to express that. I mean, that, that to me is really exciting. It's a big deal. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, today, if you open up the news, it's pretty depressing. But I don't find, and, and you might think that when you're working in the nonprofit profession, you're just hearing about all the horrible stuff in the world every day. But I don't find it that way at all. You're certainly aware of the realities of the world. Um, but you're side by side with people who are solution oriented. And it's much more of a positive, affirming perspective than sitting on the sidelines and reading the news, where you feel like there are no really good answers. Point. Mm -hmm. And an example is really early on when I was programs manager at the foundation, I drove out to um, the new People's Health Clinic. Oh yeah. And we were debating healthcare, and it was a really ugly, ugly national debate with a lot of. Um, lack of facts anywhere <laughs> on uh -huh. either side. It doesn't matter what side you're on. And I went out there and went to a ribbon cutting that was a new building shared by a, a, a clinic for the uninsured and the county, um, an incredible partnership of philanthropy, government, and I'm sure lots of businesses support as well. And I thought, okay, we're having this national debate 
and there seems to be no solution. And here, right now, on a local level, here's all these different people from all different backgrounds who are doing Creating something right now yeah. for the people who are their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. And that's a really great perspective to be in versus on the sidelines with just the headlines, the ugly headlines. Excellent point to see the local solutions being put together by nonprofits, mm-hmm. working together, like I said, with the government mm-hmm. and businesses. Great example mm-hmm. of that. And then, so moving beyond that, what have you seen, say in your five year, actually, no, it's been more than that, seven years now, because you mm-hmm. did come right away with the foundation. Are there other things you've seen as you look back, real success stories of how, not just for you personally, but how the communities come together, how the nonprofit community foundation has facilitated something? Is there something you would look back and say, boy, this is the thing or the things that I'm most proud of as a community, as a nonprofit leader? What first comes to your mind yeah. in your mind? Well, I mean, I guess one thing that is not as, and I kind of touched on it earlier, is, you know, I, because of this position, I get to go visit, you know, the nonprofits year after year after year. And I know that they're strategically um, tackling issues and, and, and accomplishing them and then moving on to the next thing. So that has been something that I've just been so pleasantly surprised to see because you just don't see that if you're on the outside. Um, and the strength of our local nonprofits is really, really wonderful. You look at an organization like Egyptian Theater and where it was when I first came on board. <clears throat> so I started in 2008, so it was like in the midst of the financial. I started and then you know a year later, the financial world kind of uh, collapsed. Good point, it, that's true. And, and it was really hard on organizations. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard Particularly on- Particularly nonprofits. Yeah, mm-hmm. on nonprofits. And it was really hard on the Egyptian Theater. And now you have this community hub where um, at, you know, any night there's um, fun, wonderful entertainment from, for all sorts of people. It's a community builder. Um, Randy Barton is hardworking. They mm-hmm. are starting an endowment. They've invested in infrastructure. They've expanded their programming. On every way that you could measure a nonprofit success, there they are. And, and there are stories like that all over the community. And that's just really Excellent. fun to see that even when an organization hits a hard spot, that you know, that turnaround, it doesn't necessarily take 10 years. It can take two, two mm-hmm. years. And it's really cool. Fun. Yeah. Well, okay, so I like that. That's a great example because I came in after that. I came in in 2010 and I wouldn't even known that about mm-hmm. the Egyptian because it's always been pretty, seems like it's been thriving since yeah. I've been here. Yeah. So that, I'm glad to hear that story, the background of that story. So maybe that's the last question I'll ask is, so people that are on the sidelines, say they're in Park City, they're maybe second homeowners or they may be here all the time, but they may ask the question to the, of themselves, why should I get involved? Again, I have my foundation. I have my groups I support. Um, tell me more, what's the incentive of really getting involved first of all with the community foundation maybe secondly just in the community as a whole to really reach out to the other nonprofits what's the incentive that you would give to them yeah well I think that um, among full-time residents and people here for two weeks a year there is a gap in knowledge about what our needs are Um, and also a gap in knowledge of things that we all love that we don't know that nonprofits are behind it so I encourage people to kind of question their own assumptions about what the nonprofit sector is here and what our needs are. And I think the foundation is a great partner in that. And again, we're a knowledge, we're a partner, we're an, a source of knowledge and, and information. And so um, we're just a phone call away where if people have something that they're particularly interested in and they need to find the program that is doing that, you know, we're that. Or they just need to learn generally about what are our needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of another example, which is mental health. Um, So I think that there's a lot of 
national dialogue around mental health, which is very important. Right. And we have nonprofits, including the Christian Center and Jewish Family Services, who are offering services in this area, sliding scale, affordable to lots of people. I think we probably all know someone who could be in use of that service. Well said. Um, I don't think that most people know that your organization or Jewish Family Services are offering that. And it's been, again, my pleasure to connect people who care about this issue to those organizations. And, and so... I don't know. I think I'm going off on a tangent, but no, that's good. So the knowledge base, maybe people assume they know way more than they really Mm -hmm, do. mm -hmm. And there's things that they don't know anything about that the community foundation can really bring to their attention. Yeah. And then I think if people want to engage, I, I have to, you know, again, say live PC, give PC is such an awesome way to do it. I feel like it's a holiday for nonprofit celebration in our community. It's become Mm -hmm. that. It really has. Um, I know as a nonprofit leader, I would agree. Yeah. It's a day to celebrate and say, you know, if we didn't have our nonprofits, our quality of life would be very different. That's one way to look at it. And also, you know, people who are in need in our community, where do they go? And we all want to be in a community where there's a safety net, you know, when someone's in crisis Mm -hmm. and our nonprofits also provide that. So I think... Um, LibPCGPC is like the easiest, fun way to learn about organizations, to give to a few, to get to know some, to walk around town and see people in t-shirts and signs and just take pride in being a part of this community and the nonprofit um, sector. Excellent. So, okay, now here's your tra- chance. Talk about for someone who's never heard of LivePC, GivePC, mm-hmm. and maybe they think political correctness originally, uh, you know, yeah. when they heard PC <laughs> as a term. Yeah. Talk, what is it? It's a day of giving, right? But explain yeah. that and where it came from and yeah. then what, uh, and you can kind of give an opportunity to give your big advertisement of when right. it comes out. So, um, LivePC, GivePC. Dot org is a one-day community day of giving. Okay, LivePCGivePC.org. Dot org. Um, and this year it's going to be held on November 7th. November 7th, perfect. And our goal is to raise revenue from nonprofits, to introduce them to new donors, and tell the story about how nonprofits affect our lives. But really what I think about is my own story. So I wake up in the morning. Um, I used to live up right by um, Park City Mountain Resort. And every oh, nice. morning, yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> you know, I would grab my dog, who I adopted from Friends of Animals, Utah. I would jump on a trail maintained by Mountain Trails Foundation in open space made possible by Summit Land Conservancy, come back to my house, click on KPCW, a nonprofit radio station. You know, maybe I would hear about a great program that the Peace House is doing, our domestic violence shelter, mm-hmm. or about a wonderful concert that Park City Institute is having. I mean, whatever it is, before I've even gone to work that day, nonprofits have made my life here what it is. And I think really good point. we all have that story, whether or not we're here full time or part time. Um, or aware of it even. Or aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so the PC Good PC is a day to celebrate that. And so you visit the PCGivePC.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it lists all the nonprofits. You can make a $10 donation to as many organizations you want or more than $10. Um, we make it fun by having some friendly competitions um, where we reward nonprofits who get the most donors, small nonprofits. We challenge people who have never given before to participate. Right. Usually nonprofits have challenge grants, so you mm-hmm. know when you make a donation on that day, your um, dollar will be doubled. And this year we're going for a million dollars in A million hours. dollars. Well, that's the new goal. Yeah, terrifying. I'm very, so, it is terrifying, so, but way to go. Yes. Yeah, so because how need, much you, you had last year was 800 $832,000. Okay, so you're, you're almost there. Yeah, so. we're close. Well done. I love yeah. the, the, the boldness to have that vision to get a million dollars. It's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, and it's, so it's November 7th, livepcgivepc.org. Um, if you want to get involved, uh, you go on the .org or do you go to the Community Foundation website and check in to be a volunteer? Well, you can visit either. If you go to livepcgivepc.org, if you're a nonprofit, I encourage you to register because we're trying to okay. get that going. Yep. If you are a volunteer, we have a, a tab, a page, especially for volunteers. 
Off so the LiveBC, GiveBC uh, site Right again. on the website. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So you can click on that, learn about how you can help. Um, there's a sign up genius form and um, we'd love to have you because it takes the whole community. Yeah, to really pull this off. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well, anything else you want to share to the people that are listening about nonprofit, your experience, leadership in general? Any last words from Katie Wright here? Yeah. Um, well, I, I just value so much what the Christian Center does. Mm. Rob, you are an example of a leader who collaborates, who enjoys working with every other organization. And um, we have a lot of that here in Park City. And it's what makes it such a fun place to work. Uh, Well, thank you for those kind words. Appreciate it. Great having Katie Wright in the studio again, Executive Director of the Park City Community Foundation as of 30 days approximately. Uh, Congratulations. Thank Thank you you so much, Katie, for your insight, your wisdom, your leadership. It's fabulous, and we're lucky to have you. Thank you.